Welcome, Bird Gang. Well, we've got another chapter in the football line. Dennis Gardak from flipping burgers to team captain in the NFL. Just incredible. Gardak was one of eight captains named on Wednesday. Speaking of names, Andy Isabella. It certainly sounds like, if you believe head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Isabella is going to get the first crack at returning punts this coming weekend against the 49ers. We put the quarterbacks in the spotlight. Kyler Murray has a goal for 2020. And Jimmy Garoppolo, very successful. His numbers against the Cardinals, not only last season, but for his career, very impressive. It's episode 307, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So I loved, MJ, how Jordan Hicks described it today. Christmas in the air as far as, in his words, the different feeling because now as we get to the midweek and the first quote-unquote official practice, if you will, of the 2020 regular season, yeah, there was a bonus practice on Monday, but now the focus can really begin on the X's and O's and this week's opponent, the 49ers. Yeah, and, you know, being out there this morning, um, I like these new schedules for the Cardinals. We're out there early, and, you know, Cliff was able to talk to us at 7 a.m., and then we get the players afterwards, but there was a little bit of breeze. Um, you can see they had their game faces on, and so it was the perfect morning. And uh, like I said, usually you're out there, you know, when I moved here in 1988, they always said June, July, and, and August are the hottest. And I'm like, uh, I've been hot on Halloween, and September it can be warm. But it was a good morning, and, you know, that's one of the beauties of, of having the bubble also because we only get to watch the first 20 minutes. And, you know, with 69 players and 22 coaches, you know, they're going to utilize that. But uh, for the most part, you could just see that they're in regular season mode, or in this case, opener mode. Well, it's easy to go outside and enjoy the weather when it's in the upper 60s, lower 70s. I mean, we've got a cold front coming through Arizona. <laughs> All our bird gang fan base that is outside the state here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool down that uh, is only going to last for, what, maybe the next 24, 48 hours. So uh, basically – enjoy what we have right now because we're going to get back up to triple digits just like that. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've been concerned just for obvious reasons, all the fires and, you know, hopefully when it comes to these gender uh, revails, uh, maybe that's over because they started the fires there. But I, I was wondering how it affected Santa Clara. But, you know, it kind of looks a, a little um, gloomy sometimes, but that could be because of the rain and different weather. But I think the Cardinals are anticipating it, you know, you know, mid-weather versus hot weather, and, you know, that won't be an excuse, win or lose. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan earlier today saying that the air quality is a lot better than what these viral photographs that have been making their way around social media, what it looks like, because it does look like this orange glow across yeah. pretty much the entire West Coast and specifically in the Bay Area. But uh, fingers crossed that uh, that will not be a factor on Sunday, and it doesn't appear right now that it is going to be a factor for that 125 start at Levi Stadium. Uh, before we get into some of the matchups, and I know you want to touch on Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, there is some news, 
and we have our Cardinals 2020 team captains. It was going to be six, but head coach Cliff Kingsbury said that the voting was too close, so they went with eight. On offense, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, DJ Humphreys. Defense, Corey Peters, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, and Jordan Hicks. And then special teams, Dennis Gardeck. Yeah, and, you know, that's the NFL rule. You only can have up to eight. You know, like the Niners just released, they have seven. And if somebody, obviously, according to the tweet, plays well, then maybe they can add that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see DJ Humphreys get the captaincy. I think he's proven that, you know, he's got to stay healthy, but he, he's matured. And it's nice to see Patrick Peterson get that captaincy again because he is a leader in that locker room, unfortunately. You know, when you get suspended for six games, you're not eligible for any postseason honors, and it probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do. And then, obviously, the quarterback, Kyler Murray, that position demands leadership. We know he's made strides there. So, you know, when you leave it down to your peers, I think it speaks volumes to who they think those leaders are in that locker room. Yeah, according to Murray, quote, it's obviously a great honor. Then he added, thankful for the opportunity to lead these guys every day. I feel confident, real good about this season and what we've got going in this locker room, unquote. Murray, a first-time captain, along with DJ Humphreys and Jordan Hicks as well, plus Dennis Gardak. More on Gardak in a moment. But uh, Peters and Jones, third straight seasons that they have been given the nod as team captain, and it does mean a lot to these players. In fact, for Hicks, First time he's ever been a team captain in the National Football League. And he said it's all about respect. Quote, I play for respect. I play for a legacy. So I think a lot of times we get caught up in numbers. But when it's your peers voting you, whether that's the Pro Bowl or a postseason honor, but team captaincy, that means a lot inside that locker room. Well, and Jordan, you know, Hicks has been dealing with this, you know, injury-prone tag. And, you know, last year he was able to – the quiet, the critics, and maybe that's coming more from Philadelphia because, you know, the, obviously they invested a draft pick and he wasn't able to stay healthy. He played every single snap. Um, he's the captain on defense, you know, with wearing the green sticker on his helmet. So it, to me, it's worthy of giving him that tag because, you know, you look at Jordan Hicks and Patrick and Larry, um, and then you throw in Corey Peters. I mean, those are go-to guys that we go to in the locker room. And, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to have that option this year, but we can definitely get them on Zoom meetings. So I think they're great choices. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they can retire at some point in their careers and say, I was a team captain. And we know how much Steve Kine values that when it comes to college players. I mean, you know, you're not always going to get team captains when guys stay two or three years at certain schools. You know, like Evan Weaver, even though he's not on the roster, Rashard Lawrence played in a lot of big games. So when you're a team captain, that means guys look up to you. And, and when Steve said he went to LSU's practice, I mean, this guy was everywhere. And he talked to the position coach, the strength coach, and they said, you know, this guy, he gets it. And he's played in big games. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, maybe Rashad Lawrence could be that guy in the future. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the entire 2020 draft class, a team captain at some point during their college career, and that says a lot, and it speaks volumes to what the NFL is looking for in a player when they come scouting before they make their selection on draft day. But Dennis Gardeck, I think this is something that we really need to touch on here, MJ, because I think when you talk about the common man, this is someone that a lot of fans can relate to, drafted out of a small school not given much of a chance to make 
the week one roster, undrafted, makes year one, now into year three, and here he is as a special teams player. And the comment that was made by Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury, I think, speaks a lot. Quote, even on scout team, he's one of those guys, when I'm calling offensive plays, you're like, there's Gardex screwing up the play. You want him to go, but he goes so hard every snap that sometimes he makes it look bad, and that's just his mentality. That's his mindset when he steps on that field every day. Well, he's got one speed, and, and the fact that he's an undrafted free agent, he also told us that a couple of years ago in the red and white practice, there were more fans there than he had in, in high school and college. He, I mean, he actually said he had more fans in high school. So great story. Um, I, you know, I want to give a, a lot of credit to guys that work out um, because, you know, we don't get all the videos, but this guy in the community has done a, a wonderful job putting himself out there and, you know, I think he's creating a fan base for himself. He's 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 the he's you know he's the average Joe. I mean, he would work hard to where he's at. He's got you know he's able to put the uniform on, and now he's going to have the C. And really, he's cut his teeth on special teams, and he's getting an opportunity to play outside linebacker, more depth there. He's gotten a lot stronger, so you know it's, you can't have enough guys on the team like that that just play with their heart. Worked at McDonald's, and in his words. I was grill crew. MJ, he flipped hamburgers and now is a team captain in the National Football League. Yeah, and he said, you know, he said he didn't want to work the counter because maybe, you know, uh, maybe he wasn't going to be able to take the orders the way they were, um, you know, asking. Maybe he didn't know the numbers. You know, I wanted number five. Um, but he was content uh, working in the back uh, with obviously the grill and flipping burgers. And so, yeah, I mean, Something like Kurt Warner because he's a Hall of Famer, but he was stocking shells, and and now you got to. And these are great stories. I mean, you, you, you just you know, rags to riches, so to speak. You know, where you probably didn't have a ton growing up, but he obviously he had people in his corner, and he said when he had a group text with his brothers, they were really excited about it. So that, that's you know that's great support, and you know I want these guys to be happy when they get named team captain. All right, I gotta ask. I don't know if it was his first job, but let's talk first jobs here because I've got one, but we all have our first job. Where did Mike Jarecki's professional life begin? Well, uh, delivering newspapers. Um, I think you had to be 16, but I knew the guy that was doing the hiring. I was 14, and, you know, it was tough in the in the winter because, you know, I used to drive my bike, and people didn't like me driving over their grass. And so one Such time – a troublemaker. <laughs> Well, I was just looking at, you know, I had to take the bus to school in the morning and it was cold. So, but sometimes on Saturdays they would put flyers in there and then they would let you know that there were two inserts in there. And sometimes I just didn't deliver them. Now, my second real job was working at Dairy Queen. Um, I was basically, they, they had like banana split specials all the time. So I was the one cutting up the bananas and, uh, you know, ice cream. And then I worked at Friendly's Ice Cream. So, but I also uh, shoe shined it at night. I would okay. go to the local bars, and they would let me in until eight o'clock. And some of these guys were just hammered, it. so they probably woke up with a you know black or brown around their sock. <laughs> I'll say this: much like oh, you, cheers. I I have a little ice cream background in as well, Hagen does at the local mall. So I think between you and I and Dennis Gardek, we we yeah. proved. Wherever you start, it doesn't 
matter as far as where you finish, but you got to start somewhere and being able to work your way up and learn valuable lessons each step. And uh, who knows, you too can be a team captain in the National Football League. Yeah. I remember when I uh, moved here, I was, I graduated when I was 17. I turned 18 in August and, you know, I lived with my uncle and he said, eat until you get a job, you don't have to pay rent. And I was bell hopping and I was thrilled to go home and put like 120 ones in my shoebox. You know, I was like, this is a good job, but obviously no benefits. I was making like 215 an hour. <laughs> this, like my checks were nothing, but it, it, it gave me the uh, urge to like go out there and hustle a little bit. And that's exactly what Gardex said as well. The lessons that you learn, you can certainly apply to other portions of your life. For Gardeck, it certainly carried him now to his third season in the NFL and the third season with the Cardinals. He is certainly going to be a force on special teams. And we kind of get a glimpse now of what this team is going to look like. Again, it is still very much on paper, but the unofficial depth chart has been released, and a couple of things that stand out. We see Kelvin Beecham listed as the starting right tackle. I think, MJ, that's something that we all anticipated. That's where we said it was trending, and at least right now, unless something happens between now and Sunday, that's how this Cardinals team is going to look with DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Mason Cole, J.R. Sweezy. And Kelvin Beecham. And Beecham did admit today uh, with our uh, Zoom meeting that there was competition there. And I, I think they obviously maybe feel that Murray could be your swing tackle. You know, Josh Jones is, is dealing with a, a little bit of an injury right now. So, you know, they're going to dress eight on game day. So I would think Murray. Um, and then you throw in Max Garcia. And then we'll have to wait and see who the eighth guy is. But, yeah, there, there was competition at that position. But I think when you – you know, play 35 starts at, at left tackle for the Jets, three-time captain. You know, obviously he has a relationship. He lived here in the offseason, been working out with Pew and uh, and DJ Humphrey. So it makes sense. And, again, um, you know, I think the, the left tackle is very important, but I think teams have multiple pass rushers. The Cardinals are going to see some pressure from their front four. The Niners feel like they don't need the blitz. They're just going to bring four and get pressure. So I, I think it's important to have – you know, quality left tackle with good feet, and teams normally run to the right side because uh, they feel like maybe there's a lesser outside pass rusher that can't shed blocks. So I think it's the perfect fit for him playing on the right side. And I love what Beecham had to say, making that switch from left to right because it is a big deal. But he said to a certain extent, I did what they asked me to do. I'm a professional. This is what I get paid to do, and I'm going to do what the coaching staff asked me to do, not what I want to do, but what is needed for this team. And what's needed right now is for him to play right tackle and play it just as well as he did on the left side. Well, players will tell you that it's, you know, the analogy that they've used over the year, it's like all of a sudden you, you eat right-handed and all of a sudden you got to eat left-handed. And, you know, over time it, it gets a little bit uh, simplified. But the fact is that he's taken every single rep. Um, he had a couple days off, but, you know, but he was in the Zoom meetings. And so in, in his relationship with Kugler, I mean, that, that goes a long way too. Um, you know, obviously he spent some time in Pittsburgh, um, but just having some intel and Kugler felt like, you know, I, I always say it when it comes to Kugs, he's going to play the best five guys and he's really comfortable with the back because if something happens this year. Well, speaking of that backup, as far as the offensive line, Justin Murray listed as the backup at both right tackle, right guard. Josh Jones listed as third string left tackle behind 
both Josh Miles and, of course, Humphreys. Now, again, this is all on paper, but it's kind of the first time we've seen what this team might look like when they line up. Defensively, Devondre Campbell listed as the starting inside linebacker next to Jordan Hicks, Isaiah Simmons, the backup, and Drake Kirkpatrick, your starting corner opposite Patrick Peterson. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I think they recovered very well after the Robert Alford injury. They kind of flooded the position, but once again, there's some intel with Vance Joseph being his defensive backs coach in Cincinnati from 2014 to 2016. We talked about his size when they signed him. You know, 6'2", 190, long arms. So, you know, I like the fact that they got an experienced guy there. He's played in close to 100 games. He has over 60 starts. And, you know, I think anybody playing on that side, you're going to get targeted uh, because, obviously, you know, Patrick Peterson usually takes that number one wide receiver. Teams are going to take, you know, shots um, with Byron Murphy on the field and, and obviously, Drake or Patrick. So I like I like how they recovered, though. They got, a, they got an instant plug-and-play guy with experience. And I think he's going to really help this defense. And it wouldn't surprise either one of us if Murphy is out there starting. It all depends on ball distance and what the 49ers come out, how many wide receivers. And the same thing can be said about Simmons as well. Yes, We've heard how many times now that the talk is that perhaps Vance Joseph puts all his linebackers, all his inside linebackers, as just kind of flood the position, get all of them out there together just because of the talent of a Hicks, Campbell, and Simmons. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know that there's been a lot of talk and people think, you know, some teams are playing possum because there was no preseason and really the red and white practice, I mean, they weren't going to show anything there. Um, but when you look at it, it's, it, it's a standpoint of, you know, you, you go into the, these games and, you know, you got, you got to go in there with, you know, the confidence and stuff like that. But I, I just think when you look at the three inside linebackers, Craig, you know, Simmons, you know, has been getting reps with the defensive backs, but I think he's more of a front seven guy. Obviously, they're slow playing at inside linebacker, but they could go two D linemen and then bring in their sub packages. And I got to think he's going to be on. I mean, you can line up next to Jordan Phillips. You can line him up next to Zach Allen. So we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I think people are curious to see what his snap count's going to be for the first month of the season. But, you know, Michael, you know, when they drafted him, talked about him being a starter. Kime said, you know, he should be a starter. But you, you got Campbell and you got Hicks, and those are two veteran guys that have done it. Uh, we haven't seen that yet from Simmons. Yeah, and I think people forget, remember, free agency came first. So Campbell was already here, and then the draft happened. It's not the other way around. It's not like, oh, why do they draft Simmons because they had Campbell? Or why did they sign Campbell because they had Simmons? nuts? look, this team we know – Last year at inside linebacker, Hicks turned to his right, turned to his left, and it was almost like a different player every couple of weeks. So hopefully that position is solidified, and I don't know how Hicks feels about this, but maybe he doesn't have to be on the field for every single snap like he was in 2019. Yeah, I, I, you know, the thing is is you want to make sure these guys are fresh in the fourth quarter, you know, and you know, I'm sure he wants to play every single snap and, you know, he'd love to make the Pro Bowl or, you know, get concerned for all pro, whether it's first or second team. But I think he'll be fresher in the second half of the season, just like they all were, uh, will be. And Campbell, he's making a, you know, a nice chunk of cash this year. So we'll see what his future is, but he's, he's, he's done it. Um, he's a really good open field tackler. He can cover tight ends. So, I think when you look at it, Murphy in their base defense, teams are going three wide, 11 personnel, he'll be inside. Um, but I think if teams want to try to spread you out, 
you got Murphy, Campbell, and Baker that could cover tight ends. And I think uh, Buddha mentioned that, that they'll have a game plan for him. It's not going to be just one guy. Last note here on the Cardinals depth chart, and it's something that Kingsbury addressed this morning. And Andy Isabella, not only the first guy up on the list as far as kick return, but punt return as well with Chase Edmonds, the backup kick returner, and Kirk, the backup punt returner. But it's Isabella as a punt returner that, that got a lot of the attention earlier today. And according to Kingsbury, Isabella has done a nice job. Quote, we feel very comfortable with him back there returning. You know he has that speed that if he gets a crease, it's over with. His fielding of the punts was phenomenal all camp, and so we feel really good with him being back there, unquote. And I think this is what we all hoped for with Andy Isabella and specifically trying to find a way to get him on the field, try to find a way to utilize his speed if he's unable to crack the top three as far as wide receivers are concerned. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen the uh, the difference from last year, body catching, you know, to versus catching the ball with your hands, bringing it into your chest. You know, everything's on film, so they must feel he's fluid. I think Christian Kirk's a natural doing it. You know, I'd be curious to see what Eno Benjamin, if he's active on game day, can do in the kick return game. But, you know, Andy Isabella, I, I you know, a lot of people say, well, they're going to try to justify where they drafted him. No, he's earned it. And, the fact that it, I agree with Cliff, we, we got Christian Kirk a couple years ago. He was close to breaking one. Once you get to that scene, I don't know if anybody can catch him. And the fact that teams are kicking the ball a little bit higher out of the end zone, so he may not have the same opportunities on kickoff return. But once again, if he gets past that first layer, I mean, instead of just taking it at the 25, if you get to the 45-yard line, one first down, you're over midfield. So I really think he can help him on teams, and that's an area where I think they want to see some improvement. Well, anything would be, uh, to be honest with you, would be an improvement, especially on punt return. This team averaged between Farrell Cooper and Christian Kirk seven yards a return. Now, fielding punts, it's not easy, and the number one goal is to make the catch cleanly, secure the football so your offense can get on the field. But if you can just get a little bit of momentum from that punt return, I think it would help so much this season. And I think it will give Isabella more confidence knowing, you know, I, I belong here. I can play in this league because you can't teach speed. And uh, you, we think he's the fastest guy on the team. Uh, I think he showed that last year with Kyler Murray. So you can tilt field position. And that's something that Jeff Rogers, is, to me, has been a point of emphasis on. You know, nothing against seven and a half yards. But if you can get to 15 or 18, and you're not going to do it, like I said, they're going to kick it high. And you mentioned that, you know, the two biggest rules for me on punt return is possess the ball, and if you're on your 10-yard line with your heels and cleats there, if a guy's running down and you think it's going to run in the end zone, you have to hit that guy because you don't want anybody to down it to one or two because now you're looking at you know, basically field position, and it's tough to get out of your own end zone. You don't want any holding penalties because that could be a safety. You don't want Kyler Murray throwing that screen pass to Jadavion Clowney. So I think it will give Isabella more confidence that they're putting more on his plate. Bird Gang, if you haven't done so already, update the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Wednesday edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, focusing on the quarterbacks here, the Cardinals and the 49ers. And Kyler Murray addressing the media earlier today. He'll do it every single week 
on Wednesdays, and we talked about him being a team captain, but it's the other thing that I think is at the forefront of not only his mind, but the coaching staff's mind, and of course, something that we've talked about, and that is avoiding the negative plays. Murray was asked specifically about the sack total. He was sacked 48 times, the most in the league. Pro Football Focus put 23 of those sacks on Murray himself, but it's what Murray had to say that he believes, quote, that's definitely the goal with regard to reducing the number of sacks, in his words, MJ, in half. So you're talking about going from 48 to maybe the low 20s. Well, you know, that's one thing I like about Kyler Murray. And every player should do it after the season, go back and, you know, they have iPads where they can give all their cut-ups to him. And, you know, he, as you said, uh, in pro football focus pointed out 23 around him. And those were the, when they got into those negative plates, when he was taking sacks, uh, obviously trying to avoid the rush, he never really had that big hit. Sometimes he would try to run out of bounds to, you know, maybe stop the clock and get in the field goal range. But the fact is that, yeah, that, that has to come down. And we talk about the defense going from 29th to 30th to 15th. We talk about, you know, the Cardinals passing game probably being in the top 10 or top 7. That, that, that's been based on the roster. So, yeah, I, I think Murray realizes. And another thing that sticks out to me, you know, he says pre-snap read, he's much more comfortable reading the defense. And, that, and that's important because Patrick Mahomes, he admitted, and I give him credit, it took his third year to start reading defenses. And, you know, if when you can, the game slows down, and it's going to be a huge for him because he's not going to feel the pressure. And I think if the offensive line, you know, I've always talked about these guys who are better run blockers, but if you look at pro football focus last year, they were better in pass protection overall, even though they rushed over five yards of carry. So I think Murray, when he goes back and critiques himself, he sees that. And, you know, the, the good news is he put a little more weight on bulk on his upper body. He's always had, like, thick legs, and I don't think it's going to slow him down. So I think he's going to pick his spots. But I, I'd like to see them keep him in the pocket and allow him to throw the ball down the field because of the quick release and how accurate he is on some of those intermediate routes. His natural progression from year one to year two, not only reading defenses, but understanding offensive protection schemes, yes. his own offensive line, where are they supposed to be on the field so he knows where to move left or right and doesn't run into a J.R. Sweezy like he did last season. The other thing Kingsbury pointed out is, yes, you're going to get sacked, and yes, most of these sacks happen on third down, especially if you're in third and long. What can't happen this season is those negative plays, those sacks on first down and second down, because then it puts the entire series uh, behind the eight ball. And Kingsbury mentioned that specifically, that if they figure it out, be smarter with the football, throw the ball away, and worry about second and 10 as opposed to second and 16. Well, you know how I feel. It's okay to putt in the NFL. I mean, you know, obviously if you're trailing, you know, you know sometimes you got to go hurry up um, to, to steal a possession. Sometimes you need to get a you know, special teams touchdown, the flip, flip position. But, yeah, I mean, it, I like the fact that he's able to critique himself, and uh, obviously that's something they're working on. Um, but I just think he's much more comfortable in this offense. Um, he knows like the back of his hand. And, you know, curious to see how Kingsbury is going to roll out this offense because – I think what they want to do is is they want to, you know, hurry up. They're not the sun seven seconds or less. They're not going to snap the ball with 25 seconds on a play clock, but they're not going to allow the defense to set up. And so I think in by going with hurry up, 
Um, you don't huddle and you, you force your opponents where they can't make substitution changes. So you're looking at matchups. So I, I think they're going to be much better in that area. And teams are throwing the ball, Craig, more on first and second down. It's, it usually was let's get three or four yards on first, let's six, seven and set, six or seven, and then, you know, three yards of cloud of dust on third down and get a first down. But no, I, I think he's going to take some chances and we'll see some design runs too. But I, I just hope that, you know, the, the progress he makes, it's going to show up on game day. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was run, run, and then if you had to on third down pass. And now all of a sudden we've seen complete drives where a quarterback is out of his shotgun and just throwing it nine, ten times for a touchdown. It's it's amazing how the game has evolved, and I think credit that to a lot of the quarterbacks in the mode of a Kyler Murray they're more athletic. They can do more out of the pocket and don't just have to be that stationary quarterback that can't move. And if they are moving, it's left or right just to hand the ball off. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the Cardinals were one of maybe three or four teams last year. It was 100% when they went for it on fourth down. Well, you know, they're fourth and two, I want to say, in fourth and four, but maybe you're not sitting there where you automatically get a first down. So maybe, but Cliff showed he's willing to push the envelope. Uh, again, he can get an extra possession. That goes a long way, but maybe there'll be more manageable third downs. you got to stay away from third and 10, third and 13. And I, I and we watched the game together, and I know fans go, well, they threw it before the sticks. Well, at that point, you're just playing field position. you got to rely on Andy Lee to, you know, a deep punt, good hang time, and hopefully it drops between the 5 and 10-yard line. But, you know, you just can't force it, though, and I don't think they're going to do that. And it's a big test this Sunday against a very good front of the 49ers. We can get more specifically into those matchups later this week. But on the flip side, the Cardinals facing Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G on Sunday, the quarterback who took the 49ers to the doorstep of the Lombardi Trophy. But people just kind of forget about that and only focus on his struggles in the fourth quarter. But uh, if you talk to Cliff Kingsbury, Jimmy G is uh, not only a good quarterback or a great quarterback, but an excellent quarterback because he's been so successful against the Cardinals. Yeah, if you go back to that game in, in week one against the Patriots, no Tom Brady, no Ron Garkowski. I think Nate Soldier was out. In Garoppolo, he's 3-0 against the Cardinals. Now, last year, he had eight touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, we know that Kyler Murray was the only quarterback that put up over a 100 quarterback rating the entire season against that Niners defense. Again, they like to rush for and drop back, and, you know, but Jimmy G had, will throw you an interception or two. But over, over the course of the three games he's played, he's thrown for 1,000 yards. His quarterback rating is 119. He's only been sacked five times, and his yards per attempt is close to nine. So that's pretty impressive. I could see why Kingsbury is a fan. And he told that to the uh, the San Francisco 49ers media this morning on his conference call. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, their offense goes with a lot of motion and shifting. They're going to rely on running back by committee. And then, obviously, the George Kittle is going to be a matchup. Uh, we'll get into Trent Williams against, uh, you know, Chandler Jones later in the week because this is not the first time they faced him. And he actually said he's, he's 335 pounds, 10 pounds heavier than he was when he played in 2018. So he's going to have to try to get some weight off. And I'm wondering, but just about conditioning, you know, I think guys are going to be jacked up. They're going to have to create their own momentum on the sidelines. I think a you know, big play will will create that. But conditioning, tackling, and penalties is because we haven't had a preseason. Yeah, I wonder how many guys get winded 
early in the contest and have to tap out a little bit for for a snap or yeah, two. Yeah, you could, you could see some guys cramping. Now, granted, when you play in uh, Florida, whether it's Jacksonville, Miami, or or Tampa, it, you don't want to you don't want to see that on the schedule in in September because you can cramp up and you can be in great shape. You know, obviously they have different liquids for guys. You know, obviously Gatorade and some other stuff, but you know, all everything's legal. But you look for that in just week one across the NFL, especially those hot and humid games in the East Coast. Here's Kingsbury's quote to the 49ers media on his conference call: "Quote, both times we played Jimmy, he was awesome. He played as good as anyone played against us all year." End quote. Eight touchdowns, two interceptions. So, yeah, when you look at the film of Jimmy Garoppolo against the 49ers, he looks like an all-pro. It's the struggles that he had in other games and then, of course, in the postseason. But you do need to have a solid quarterback in the 49ers, even though they admitted this offseason there was a slight flirtation with Tom Brady, but they settled on Garoppolo and, of course, a strong running game to back up their quarterback. Well, you know, Brady grew up in that area, and so he would probably love to follow the footsteps of Joe Montana and Steve Young. But, you know, you got to give uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shannon a lot of credit because, you know, they, they had, you know, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and some other quarterbacks, and that that's not going to do in the NFL. Those guys could be decent backups, but you have to have a front-line guy. And you can build the case he is a franchise quarterback just based on how much they paid him. And, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. He played well for three and a half quarters. Patrick Mahomes and, and obviously the Chiefs defense played well in that fourth quarter. But, you know, it's all you can ask is put the team in position to win games. Well, they had a 10-point lead. I mean, that was someone's responsibility. I mean, I know it's 11 players on offense, but let's give him credit where credit is due. And, of course, the Chiefs were just a little bit better. Maybe that falls more on the 49ers' shoulders. But they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then that's when things fell apart. But it's, what have you done for me lately? It's not the run-up, the regular season and postseason. So I, I get it from a fan's perspective. But good quarterbacks, dare I say elite quarterbacks, are hard to find and whether you think he's a top 10 or top 15 quarterback, I would put him, if you're going to separate into tiers, I would put him in the upper tier uh, and separate him against some of those other quarterbacks because all I care about with the quarterback, what's your one-loss record? And he has a very good one-loss record. And, you know, a lot of the uh, old-school football uh, commentators, analysts, they'll tell you that that win-loss total shouldn't be just on the quarterback. You know, I look at touchdowns interception ratio. What's his completion percentage? And, and against the Cardinals, it's been like 67%, even 70%. Um, and then what's your yard, yards per attempt? Because if you're getting close to nine yards, you're moving the sticks. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, maybe in a couple of years we'll, we'll, we'll claim that Carla Murray's the best quarterback in the division. I'll take him over Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, you know, he could be an MVP, and unfortunately he's never had an MVP vote. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, just based on Kyler's being a dual threat, I would take Kyler Murray over Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I would too. And that's just because right he said, yes, yeah. it's a stronger arm and what he's able to do with his feet, whether or not he does decide to run, it's the threat 
yes. of being able to tuck it and run and not just run for a first down, but take those four yards and turn them into eight, maybe even 12 yards and keep moving the, the sticks and keep putting pressure on opposing defenses. Well, if, and if people are listening to this conversation or like uh, pump the brakes, no, I mean, Russell Wilson took them to two back-to-back Super Bowls. Okay, they they were one play away from beating the Niners. They would have won the division and had a bye in the first round at the, at the play on the goal line. Garoppolo's taken his team to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff has taken his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, Jared Goff and the Rams are coming off three consecutive seasons. But I believe upside, and I'm not saying just the future, but I, I would take Kyler Murray um, over three of those quarterbacks I'll give Russell Wilson the odd, the nod because of what he's done and his win-loss record. And hopefully Kyler Murray will be that guy in the future just based on the size and being able to extend plays with his legs. Well, real quick, Wilson, Murray, Garoppolo, Goff. Correct. For me, that's, that's how the no, quarterbacks I, stack up in the division. Yeah, and you got to give, you know, Goff, he, you know, he led him to the Super Bowl, but, you know, I think they got exposed and, you know, I was talking to a former head coach recently, and I said, you know, we're going to see more 12 personnel. He said, they got Cooper Cup. Don't be surprised. They go with 11 personnel running back by committee, and they feel like they've addressed their offensive line. But I think Garoppolo, I'm sorry, I think Goff needs like a perfect game to be effective. Now, obviously, no quarterback likes to get hit. I think he's a little gun shy, but um, in the right system, I think he can succeed. Yeah, the Rams got their own challenge ahead this weekend going against the Dallas Cowboys. Heck of a way to uh, start off the regular season. But, hey, you can say the same thing about the Cardinals. You're going against not only the division champions, but the reigning NFC conference champions and the San Francisco 49ers. should be a fun matchup, and we're just getting started as far as diving into the particulars. Have you, you, you obviously take a look and stuff that I send you, sometimes it makes the air, sometimes it's more just conversation for us to build a, a topic, but – do you see the Niners going 13-3? and three? No, just because I think it's going to be hard for any team. Even it wouldn't surprise me if the team within the NFC West doesn't win 10 games just because of the parity or what we hope to, again, on paper, think that this division could be just a lot of beating each other up to where the winner certainly has earned it but not might not have that top one or two seed. I, I'm seeing a lot of um... – Rams finishing, you know, maybe eight and eight, seven and nine, and that'd be their first losing season under McVeigh. I see the Cardinals between eight and nine. Um, I see the Seahawks and Niners between ten and eleven. So I, I don't think anyone's going to run away with the division. And you know, something we don't talk about a lot is, you know, the Niners. Um, they're going to have a first place schedule, and that's probably why the, the now the Cowboys didn't win the division last year. It was the Eagles. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you play different divisions every year, but, you know, I, I got to assume that, uh, the, the 49ers are going to play the Saints at some point. So, you know, the Cardinals benefit from that, but there's no easy game in the NFL. Every, we know that, you know, you, you can look at the matchups, you can look at the odds. Um, the, the old saying is any given Sunday and, you know, teams got to avoid losing streaks, you know, so. Yeah, I think the division is going to be very competitive, and we've talked about it's time to jump the Rams. And worst-case scenario, split in the division. Go 3-3. Three and three. You'd like to have, scratch out a road win in week one, um, but you got to take care of business and kind of protect the nest like they did in the past. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, 
Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Any last words here, MJ? Again, this is Wednesday of game week. We still got two more days before we actually kind of get towards Sunday, but uh, practice on Thursday and Friday, and then uh, the Cardinals will head off to the Bay Area to play the 49ers in week one. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting the different matchups. You know, who is Patrick Peterson covering? And they got some injuries with their number one wide receiver in Brandon Ayuk. We'll see about Debo Samuel. He came off NFL uh, injured list, and, you know, we'll see. Uh, so who's Richard Sherman covering? Who's Patrick Peterson covering? Who's, you know, who's covering the tight ends on George Kittle? So we'll get into that. But we, I, I don't want to bury the lead, Craig, but, you know, by popular demand, our our podcast used to be three days a week, and now it's going to be five days a week. So we appreciate everyone tuning in, and you know, hopefully you go to iTunes or Spotify and you can you can rank us, and uh, we just love the feedback. And we'll get into more cards cover two questions. You know, we'll, we'll send out the hashtag. But I, I'm really happy um, that we're going to get a chance to spread our wings a little bit further. Absolutely. We're here for the Bird Gang and uh, certainly appreciate any and all feedback as well. And on that note, that will wrap up this edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cards Cover 2.